Football is back, and right now, Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football, with games being played nearly every day. And with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Hi folks, welcome to another 59th Minute FPL podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan. You can find me on Twitter at FPL General. I'm recording this episode on Thursday night, right after watching Manchester United beat Aston Villa 3-0, and it could have been a lot more. Quite a frustrating night as someone who had Rashford rather than Manchester United defender. Martial as well could have done a lot more, and of course I didn't captain Bruno. I was on KDB, so yet again on the wrong side of a captaincy. So as usual this week there is another deadline just around the corner which is on Saturday morning 11.30 UK time so don't miss out just a matter of hours away really once you've got this listened to. With just four game weeks to go it's time to sew up those mini league leads or if you're chasing down the leader it's time to go for broke to try and catch them. If you're not yet an Athletic subscriber, you can get a 30-day free trial using my link, which is theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. There was no new members to the 59th Minute Club this week. A couple were very close. There was quite a few 58s and quite a few 60s as well. I think Gabriel Jesus was one of those who just about made it to the 60-minute mark. So I'm going to get straight into a game week review. How did my game week go? I finished on 75 points, which sounds like a very, very good score. But it was a very high-scoring game week. And it looks like, obviously, the ranks haven't updated as I'm recording, but it looks like 75 points... Is actually going to give me a small red arrow from 37k to 38k. So I'll probably drop less than a thousand places. So disappointed in the end really having scored 75 and to get a small red. Going into the game week I had two free transfers. And I went through of course with the Salah out transfer. And you all know what happened next. So I got rid of Salah and I got rid of Saka who also got six points. And I brought in Pulisic who got nine and Mares, who got 8. So I transferred out 24 points for two players who got 17. So I'm quite relieved that Pulisic and Mares both delivered because, quite simply, if they didn't, if they both blanked, I don't think I would have been able to face into recording this podcast tonight. So all in all, yes, I sold Salah, and he had his best game week of the season, but at least Pulisic and Mares delivered. And hopefully those two will continue to do well for the rest of the season. So I'm not not too disappointed because I was never going to captain Salah anyway. So I did probably lose out on a few points, but it could have definitely been a lot worse. Uh, who did well for me? Nick Pope, as always. What a hero. Eight points in goal. Probably my player of the season, even though I lost him for a couple of game weeks. But I, but I fixed that mistake and brought him back on the second wildcard. And it's been a great move. 
In defence, another 8-pointer for Serge Aurier. So I think that's back-to-back 8-pointers now. So I definitely wouldn't have expected that. So that's a nice bonus. Disappointments, Matt Doherty and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Kevin De Bruyne, captain, as I mentioned, got me 14. Could have been a lot better if I captained Bruno Fernandes, who it looks like got 14 points himself. So well done if you captained Fernandes. Mares got me 8, Pulisic got me 9 and Anthony Martial got me 6. Martial very disappointing, hit the crossbar. I think he hit the crossbar in the post at the same time somehow. that was I was screaming at the television when that happened. And up front, disappointing again, Raul Jimenez just 2 points and Rashford as well. Rashford had a great chance at the end of the game. Again, I did a lot of screaming at my television this evening watching that Manchester United game, especially with all those people who have defenders who racked up the clean sheet points. So, a couple of players on the chopping block. I would say Jimenez, that's three blanks now. Rashford's been annoying as well, given how you know how much good value uh, Greenwood is at the minute. I think Greenwood's half the price of Rashford, so I'm, I'm quite tempted now to make the switch, even though it is a bit of a sideways move, but frees up a lot of cash to do things elsewhere. And Matt Doherty is probably on the chopping block as well. Wolves just seem to have gone off the boil a little bit. Uh, the is obviously quite expensive. So again, I'll talk to my trans- talk about my transfers towards the end of the podcast. One good thing I did do this week was I benched Calvert-Lewin. So I didn't end up selling him. I just stuck him as sub number one. And thankfully, I didn't need him. I think that's, what's that, four or five blanks in a row now since the restart. So I think he's got to go now. Um, if, if I don't sell him this week, he'll, he'll definitely be on my bench again. So that was game week 34, 75 points. I'm going to be at about 38k. So what's that? I've got about 28,000 places to try and make up over the last four game weeks to get to the top 10k, which is a big challenge, but hopefully we can get there. A watch list update now. I haven't removed, I think I've only removed one player from my watch list since the last game week because... Most of the guys who are on that watch list performed very well this week, so they will stay there and they'll all be in my thoughts when it comes to my transfers. So the only one that has been removed since the last episode is Mason Holgate because he's picked up an injury and Yeri Mina has come in there. So a couple of players I've added to the watch list following Game Week 34. Uh, the first one who had a very good game against Liverpool last night was the right-back, Tariq Lamptey, this young guy they've signed from Chelsea. He's only £4 million in FPL. I didn't get to watch 90 minutes of that game, but I did watch a good chunk of it, probably about an hour's worth. And every time I looked at the television, this guy was bombing forward from right-back. And Brighton looked pretty good going forward against Liverpool, actually, in that game. So this guy is only 0.8% owned. He got the assist for Trossard's goal. He passed the eye test. Brighton do have a tough game next. They've got Manchester City. But then they've got a nice final three games. They've got Southampton, Newcastle and Burnley. So I think a lot of people might be eyeing up Brighton assets for those final three games. And I think Lamptey is he's a, he's a very good enabler. Even if you don't start him, you know, even if you only start him once or twice between now and the end of the season. He's someone who I think a lot of people will be looking to Jamie Vardy this week for the Bournemouth game. And if you need to free up cash by getting rid of a defender to do that, someone like this guy Lamptey is a good option. You know, as long as you can stick him on your bench, you don't want to uh, start him against Man City. But then he can do a job for you maybe in the final three game week. So he looked really good. You know, could pick up one or two more assists before the season is out. I've also added his teammate Leandro Trossard, who scored. He's five point eight million. He's got back to back starts now, and he's got back to back goals in those starts now. 
this is one of the mysteries of the season to me. I really don't understand why this guy hasn't started more games for Brighton. He looks a really good player. I mentioned in the podcast, first half of the season, he, he reminds me of Eden Hazard, the way he plays. Yes, he's new to the league. I think um, I think that was mentioned in, in a recent interview. Um, Graham Potter was saying that. So, yeah, maybe next season he's going to be a regular starter. But for now... Yes, he started. He started the last two games, so maybe maybe that's a case that he's going to get a run now until the end of the season. So zero point four percent owned, and like like Lamptey, you know, difficult fixture against City this week, but then after that, it's a nice run to the end of the season. So if you're looking for a differential, the likes of Lamptey and Trossard could be options there at Brighton. Another defender I've added to the watch list at Everton five point eight million. Lucas Dean, he's a proven FPL asset. You know he's. When he's on it, he can he can put up big scores. He got the assist against Southampton today. Um, he may sneak a bonus point as well. Wasn't updated at the time of recording. Looking at his season, Dinya has got eight assists, so that's a very good return. He hasn't got any goals, but he is chipping in quite regularly with those assists. It's Wolves away next for Everton. So again, that is a tricky fixture. Maybe not as tricky as it was a couple of weeks ago. Wolves, as I said, have gone off the boil a little bit. But then, it's again, it's a bit like the Brighton guys. Everton have got very good fixtures for the last three. They've got Aston Villa, Sheffield United and Bournemouth. So I'm eyeing up Lucas Dean for those last three games. You know, if I get rid of someone like Doherty or Aurier or maybe even Trent, you know, there's a question about that coming up later. I think Lucas Dean is a very good option to go for. He, he always passes the eye test, bombs forward from left back, takes corners, takes the odd free kick as well. So there could be points there between now and game week 38 for him. The final player I will mention is a striker. Manchester City's Gabriel Jesus. He's the same price as Vardy at the moment. They're both 9.7. I'm quite tempted by both of those guys this week. Um, if I do decide to get rid of Jimenez. Jesus only got 60 minutes against Newcastle. But he did score and he did get two bonus points. So that must be an eight pointer. I've already got K- KDB and Mares, but I would probably like to add a third City player this week or next week because they do have very good fixtures. I mean, they've just scored five goals against Newcastle. They could score five goals in every game between now and the end of the season. So Jesus, I'm more interested in him now after he's got that goal against Newcastle. Um, and like I said, Jimenez is on the chopping block. So, you know, when it comes to my transfers later... Vardy is in my thoughts and Gabriel Jesus is also in my thoughts. Vardy feels more like a one-week punt who you can captain, but Jesus feels like someone you can get in and keep him until game week 38. Hello, I'm James Richardson, host of the Totally Football Show, now part of the Athletics Podcast Network. We're going to be here following all the action as the 2020 football season reaches its belated conclusion. And if you're an Athletics subscriber, you can now hear exclusive ad-free versions of our show on the Athletic app. And don't worry, if you're not a subscriber, you can still listen to us for free with the occasional word from our sponsor by searching for The Totally Football Show on Apple, Spotify and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football Show with me, James Richardson, still totally free and now totally ad-free on The Athletic. Thanks as always to everyone who sent in the questions on Twitter. The first one this week comes in from Rob. Rob asks, do we think... Trent Alexander-Arnold could be rested like Robertson was in the coming weeks. And if so, would you consider downgrading him or is it not worth it? 
So yeah, Robertson owners were obviously disappointed to see him benched at uh, at the weekend, but obviously he came in, he came, he, he took the corner then and got the assist, so it, it turned out quite, ended up outscoring Alexander-Arnold, much to my frustration. So do I think Trent could be rested like Robertson in the coming weeks? I think there's definitely a chance he will miss one game, or at least be on the bench to begin with, in one of those games with the guy Nico Williams starting at right back. So I do expect at some point to see Trent on the bench. I don't, I hope it's not against Burnley this week. So my plans with Trent... They haven't really changed. I'm still happy to keep them. Um, it's Burnley at home this week, so I think that's a very good fixture, very good chance of a clean sheet there. So I think you've got to keep him for that one and hope he plays. And th- But then it's a couple of tricky games then for Liverpool. It's Arsenal and Chelsea before they finish the season with Newcastle. So obviously the Newcastle one on the final day is another very good fixture. But watching Liverpool for that part of the game against Brighton, Again, they were quite open at the back and Brighton could have, could have scored you know, a few more goals than they did. So I would fancy Arsenal and Chelsea to score against Liverpool going off the last couple of games I've watched of, of Liverpool. So it may cross my mind. I mean, if I bank a transfer this week, I may look to do some surgery then for the final three game weeks. And I think I'll keep trend for Burnley. And then I, it, it, I may consider selling them ahead of the Arsenal and Chelsea games just because I don't think Liverpool will keep clean sheets in those two and again I probably need to start I keep talking about taking a few risks and I haven't done haven't haven't made any yet so maybe this week or next week is the time where I take out a few players that are maybe highly owned for a few punts just to try and climb those rankings for the last couple of game weeks so Trent at the moment I think he's a hold for Burnley but then I think it's 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 I think it could be justified to get rid of him then if you're chasing to try and make up some ground for those last two or three game weeks. But you know it's it's like Salah last week. When you sell a Liverpool player, it's very dangerous. It can very easily come back to haunt you. So just bear that in mind. It's if if you're going to take the risk, you've got to be prepared to get hurt by it as well. Next question came in from Josh Paxman. Josh asks what to do with Salah. Keep him, sell him. Or captain him, and I think, I think this week that is the only player that you could ask all three questions: Do I keep him? Do I sell him? Or do I captain him? There's been a lot of talk about you know from a few people on social media that you know Manny was rested in the last game, so will it be Salah's turn this week? Personally, I don't think that will happen. I would expect to see Salah in the starting lineup again against Burnley. I mean, he's a super fit guy. He's going for the golden boot now. There's no way. He's going to want to be sitting on the bench. He's going to be begging Klopp to start him if there's any suggestion from Klopp that he, he's going to give him a rest. So I do expect Salah to start. Do I regret selling him? Not really because, I mean, like I say, the players I brought in did well and I said in last week's episode, there's no way I'm going to captain Salah again for the rest of the season because of that slight rotation risk. And we've seen it with Manny. You know, Manny ended up getting a zero-pointer. So very frustrating for Manny owners in that Brighton game because he got the yellow card when he came on. Um, I think if you have Salah, I think you've got to keep him now after that performance. It was sensational. I had a I had a look on Fantasy Football Hub this evening as well at a couple of stats, and he was on fire. He had eight shots in the box, and he had four big chances in that game. He, I mean, he scored eighteen points, and it could have been even more. I I put a tweet out before the before the games yesterday that I I put a tweet out that I said I heard a rumor that KDB was going to break Salah's scoring record last night and it ended up Salah almost broke his own record and he could have easily done so if he had scored that goal at the end you know he had a header that he should have scored as well and 
it was just it was just painful as 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 someone who just sold him. He did the exact same thing to me last season as well, around Christmas time. Got rid of him, and he was on fire then for a couple of weeks. So I fully expect more punishment over the coming game weeks. So I think you've got to keep him if you have him. Would I captain him against Burnley? I would I would definitely be strongly considering it. But again, I think that very slight worry of rotation would put me off him. I think Bruno Fernandez against Southampton is is the guy to go for. This week, I think I'm finally going to captain him. I've had him for a few weeks, but I haven't captained him yet. So I think I'm finally going to bite the bullet and, and give him the armband. He's just he's just a he's an FPL points machine. I like that Bruno was taken off. I think he was taken off after around 70 minutes in that Aston Villa game as well. So he's going to start against Southampton. So I think that's the way I'd be going. But certainly, if you have Salah, you keep him and you definitely do consider him for the armband as well. I wouldn't sell him now. Question from Matthew Penny Kai. A question about KDB. Matthew says, De Bruyne has been playing quite deep lately. Is it time to switch to one of his teammates? So, should we make a sideways move from KDB to someone like Sterling or Mares or Foden? Um, what is my feeling on this? Again, for me, I think KDB and Trent, I'm still not really considering selling them. But I could be considering selling both of them maybe next week or the week after just for the final few games. Again, comes down to player ownership really and, and trying to get a few differentials. But, you know, again, looking at those numbers on the hub, yes, at times it looked like KDB might have been playing a bit deeper. But, I mean, he still created seven chances in that Newcastle game. I think us who captained him can feel pretty unlucky that in a 5-0 win... He created seven chances and he only got one assist. So I mean, on another day, that could have been a you know a fifteen pointer. And there's there seems to be a David Silva effect. You know, I've seen a few people tweeting about this. It seems to be when David Silva on, is on the pitch with KDB that he hasn't done as well FPL wise this season. So there definitely could be something to that. You know, De- David Silva seems to have more license to get in the box, whereas KDB sits a little bit deeper when David Silva is in the team with him. So. I'm hoping for the Brighton game that David Silva will be back on the bench. I'll be hoping that KDB starts. Now, one thing to note on KDB is I think he looked absolutely shattered at the end of that Newcastle game. He did take a very heavy challenge towards the end as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if KDB gets a rest for the Brighton game. So again, that's another reason. Maybe that's another reason that you know maybe you could take it, take the risk and get rid of him this week and hope that he does get benched. But for me... I think I'll keep him, but I don't think I'll captain him for that reason. So everything to me this week is pointing towards Bruno Fernandes for the armband. And no doubt I'll get it wrong again. Question from FPL Crate Digger. Is it time to ditch Jimenez? So John Samuel also had a similar question or, or a related question. Has the Wolves bubble burst? So Wolves lost 2-0 to Arsenal and then they conceded a last minute you know, winner to Sheffield United. So they've lost their last two games, haven't scored a goal. Are they running out of steam? Now, Wolves have been playing since last July. So they've been playing for 12 months straight. So it was inevitable that they, they would maybe, you know, coming towards the end of the season, maybe they would run out of steam. And they're a, they're a team that, you know, they play a very similar style every week. So they're quite predictable to play against. So maybe teams are starting to figure them out a bit now. In particular, Adama Traore. The last, you know, Arsenal and Sheffield United have been able to keep him quiet. And I think if you keep him quiet, you nullify a lot of their goal threat. Again, going back to some of the stats for Jimenez, since the restart, Wolves have played five games. 
Jimenez has only had one big chance and he's only had four shots on target. So he's well down the list of forwards for the the shooting stats. He's had three blanks in a row. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm really torn on what to do with Jimenez this week. It's Everton at home. So I think that's a decent fixture for Wolves and a decent fixture for Jimenez. So it's a case of do I give him one more week and bank my transfer? Or do I take a minus four and get rid of him? Because I can't get to Vardy or, or Jesus you know, in a straight swap from Jimenez. I've got no cash, so I would need a minus four to get rid of Jimenez, which is probably going to end up putting me off the idea. Because I like to avoid hits wherever possible. And I, I still have faith in Jimenez, even though he's been pretty disappointing recently. You know, Nuno Espirito Santo is going to expect a reaction after two defeats. Um, but on the other hand, I think if you are looking to make up ground, Jimenez is a highly owned player. I think it's justified to get rid of him as well. Something I'm thinking about is if I avoid Vardy and Jesus this week, if I give Jimenez one more week, it's quite an easy switch to Danny Ings then. You know, let's say Jimenez, let's say I keep him, let's say he blanks against Everton. That's four blanks in a row. That's an easy sell. Uh, and then Danny Ings. So Danny Ings has, has a tough fixture this week. And then he's got three nice fixtures. I think Ings has got Manchester United this week who are defending pretty well. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't fancy Ings to get something there. I hope not as a Manchester United fan. So that that is probably most likely what I will do. I'll keep Jimenez. Hopefully he does something against Everton. If he doesn't, easy switch then to Danny Ings for the last three game weeks. As much as I hate Danny Ings, I'm just going to have to go back there with my tail between my legs. Again, like Salah, Ings is another player fighting for the golden boot. So I think these guys are good to own for the final few weeks of the season. Question from FPL Jamo. Is it worth taking a hit to get Vardy? Jamo can't help thinking Bournemouth will fight tooth and nail and be hard to beat. So Bournemouth kept Tottenham out today, which is not a it's not an achievement really. I think if, if I got myself and a couple of other FPL Twitter accounts and we and we and we played against Spurs, we'd have a good chance of keeping a clean sheet against them these days. So is Vardy worth a hit? That's the big question I'm asking myself. That's the big question I think a lot of people will be asking themselves this week. I think if you get Vardy this week, you've got to captain him against Bournemouth. I think he's one of the standout captaincy options. Vardy is a streaky player. We know that from the last couple of seasons. He scored three in the last two games now. And it's not just Bournemouth that's a good fixture. They've got Sheffield United the week after, which I think is a good fixture for Vardy as well. Then it's Tottenham and Manchester United in the final two games. So I think if you get Vardy, I think you can keep him for the season. Uh, and I, I think I would keep him for the season if I got him. So again, it's not. I don't think... I think it's different to Kane. I think Kane against Bournemouth was a one-week punt. I, th- I think Vardy is someone you can get in, you can captain. And I mean, if he scores a couple of goals for you, you're not going to sell him. You're going to keep him for the Sheffield United game. So I, I like Vardy. If you can get Vardy for a free transfer, I think it's a no-brainer this week. If it's a minus four, it's a lot trickier. So I'm really... I'm probably 50-50. That's a lie. I'm probably 60-40 leaning towards keeping Jimenez and banking my transfer because that's that's my style of play. You know, avoiding point sets and, and saving transfers as often as possible. So that's what I'll do. I think a lot of people will take a minus four to get him and I think it could pay off. If you give him the armband, I can easily see him getting a brace, maybe even a hat-trick against Bournemouth. So I think, I think a hit for Vardy is fine this week. Question, the final question. Two, two more questions. The first one is from FPL Bighead. Are hits worth taking at this stage of the season? That's a good question. It's related to the Vardy one as well. So when I take a hit for a player, 
I like to give them, you know, at least three or four weeks to pay you back. So we've got four game weeks left. I think taking a hit this week and next week is fine. It's probably game week 37, 38 is probably where I'll probably avoid a hit for sure because you just don't have that much time for the players to pay you back. And it always depends on which players you're selling and which players you're bringing in. If you're getting rid of rubbish players who are blanking like DCL and you're bringing in someone like Vardy, Ings, these players, I think a hit is absolutely fine, even if it's next week or the week after. So don't be put off by hits just because there's only four game weeks left. Um, especially for players like Vardy, I think it's absolutely fine. Players like Bruno Fernandez, even Salah, you know, I, you know, a Man City attacker. Minus fours for these guys are absolutely fine. I think. Final one. It's not really a question. It is a question, but it's just a, a bit of a joke, and it, it made me laugh, so I wanted to include it. A question from Mark Jobling: Would you rather play with ten men or DCL? <laughs> so that that made me laugh when I seen that one today. Calvert-Lewin has been. An absolute disaster since the since the restart. I think it's five five two pointers in a row. I think it was actually a one pointer today because he picked up a yellow card. So that was the final straw. A yellow card taken off after about seventy minutes. He's got to go now. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes the rest of the season without finding back of the net. The, the chances just seem to have dried up for him. You know himself and Richardson were looking great before before lockdown, but. You know, I think Richardson and Calvert-Lewin are two very good players. The problem is midfield. When you've got the likes of Awobi, you know, Sigurdsson's not really up to it anymore. There's a real lack of creativity behind them. So for that reason, I think they've, I think, I think Calvert-Lewin's got a goal. Richardson got his goal today. I, I always think he's a good option. You know, he can create goals for himself. Where whereas Calvert-Lewin really relies on others to create them for him. So that's the questions. Thanks as always for sending them in, folks. <laughs> I'll finish up with captaincy and transfers for game week 35. So, as I mentioned, Bruno Fernandes, I think it's about time I gave him the armband. And I may end up just giving it to him and leaving it there for the rest of the season. The guy is just fantasy gold. You know, assists, goals, penalties, corners, shots from open play, you know, getting into the box. Uh, and United are looking great as well. So, it, it might just be a case of auto-captain Bruno for the rest of the season. And try and make up my my differential points elsewhere. Who are the other captaincy options this week? I think I think Manny and Salah are always captaincy options. They play Burnley at home. If you're happy enough to take the risk, I mean Manny's probably a better captaincy option uh, this week because he will start because he didn't start the last game. Whereas maybe this will be Salah's turn to start on the bench. Who knows with Klopp? Um, Manchester City are away to Brighton I think Sterling is the standout Manchester City captain now this week because he didn't start the last game so you would think he will start this one Jamie Vardy as I mentioned very good captaincy option I think Bruno Fernandes and Vardy are the two standouts this week for the armband and if you want a differential captain if you are chasing big time if you're in YOLO mode and you're just going to enjoy the rest of the season I like Mikel Antonio away to Norwich this week. Antonio has looked really good since the restart. He's posting really good stats as well. He should have scored uh, during the week. Get a very good chance that he put wide. Um, so I like that against Norwich. I could see Antonio hitting the back of the net at least once, if not twice, against that Norwich defence. Now, of course, that comes with a with a warning that it could easily be a two-pointer. But again, if you've got nothing to lose, those are the kind of things you've got to do for the last couple of weeks. In terms of my transfers, so I've probably mentioned most of it throughout the podcast. Most likely, I think I will bank the transfer. The thing for me about selling Jimenez, it feels, it feels, it could be a case of deja vu. 
um, with you know, like Salah last week. You know, when I sell a player that I really like, very often they punish me. So I've been burned by Salah in game week thirty four. Do I want to be burned by Jimenez in game week thirty five? I'm not sure. Now, if it was a free transfer, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would go Jimenez to Vardy in a heartbeat, and I would captain him. But it's just a minus four that puts me off because. You know you're gonna you're gonna sell Jimenez who could who could easily get back amongst the goals against Everton. If he does get in on in amongst the goals, he's gonna get bonus points because he's very good for that. So for me, I think most likely now I'm talking Thursday night, half past eleven at night. So I haven't given it too much thought yet. I may change my mind before Saturday and go for it, take a minus four, get rid of a defender, uh, and get Vardy in and captain him. But at this point, I'm leaning probably sixty forty as I said towards doing nothing. And, and quite often in FPL, when you do nothing, it's the best It's the best way to play the game. Um, so that's what I'm thinking. Do nothing. And then, you know, if Jimenez blanks, I'll go to Danny Ings the following week. A nice easy transfer. You know, it is in the back of my mind as well. If I did take a minus four, you know, Jesus, I do like Jesus as well. Because, as I said, you can keep him for the rest of the season. Um, but again, I've said that about Vardy now as well. So I think both of those are very good options. Rashford is annoying me a little bit as well. You know, I could go sideways, minus four. I could go Rashford to Greenwood and maybe Calvert-Lewin to Vardy or Jesus. But again, that just feels like a lot of hokey-cokey that could backfire big time. Um, Doherty could go Kevin De Bruyne. I'm not. I'm just not ready to sell him just yet, but it could happen next week. Um, so yeah, that's it for transfers and captaincy. I'm going to be on Bruno, pretty sure. And I'm most likely going to do nothing in terms of transfers. And I'll have two frees for game week 36. So I'll do a bit of surgery for the final three games of the season. Thanks for listening as always. Best of luck to you in game week 35. And keep an eye and an ear out on Monday for another episode which will be dropping probably around lunchtime on Monday. Which will preview game week 36. So talk to you all soon folks. Have a good one.